Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the spymaster director of our mystery shopping report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Well, we're back. We're only one short. Stu Stewart is uh, uh, taking our grandchildren up to New York and visiting, actually. He's taking his wife, our daughter-in-law, up to New York, visiting our grandkids. And uh, we're in the studio. We've got Rick Kearney. You've got me, yours truly, Nancy Stewart, my co-host, and the, and the producer over there, Jonathan Cantor. So we're, we're one short, but we're going to give you as good a show as we can. After all, you give us the show. We don't give you the show. Just want to remind you that your calls and your YouTube posts and your Facebook posts, they make the show. Uh, we get off on a tangent every now and then about how to tell you not to, uh, not, not to buy a car this way, not to lease a car. Uh, we're telling you how not to be ripped off in the buying of a car. But uh, maintaining and repairing your car is probably, I'll say, equally important, maybe more so, uh, than buying. And we've got, uh, as I said, Rick Kearney here. Uh, remember that he monitors our YouTube channel. And uh, last week, I forgot until about an hour later to mention the YouTube channel. Uh, we've got a huge number of followers on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. YouTube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. And you can stream us and see Rick and Nancy and me uh, right here in the studio. And uh, you can also post where Rick will see your post right away. He's looking at his iPhone while I'm speaking to you, and bam, those posts just pop up. And if you have a squeak, rattle, or roll in your old car that you're making you nervous, uh, if you're thinking about buying a car, maybe uh, test drove it, and there was something about the test drive or used car or new car that has your concern, call up and uh, or go on YouTube, I should say, and describe the symptoms. You know, you got your five senses. Did you smell something? Did you feel something? Did you see something? Did you hear something? That's all typically we have as consumers to diagnose. And it's really difficult. But Rick uh, can take those uh, observations, and he can pretty well diagnose the problem. What does this mean to you? Well, if you've got a car that you're thinking about taking to a repair facility, independent or dealer, it can save you a lot of money. I mean, we've had people call this show that were really worried, thinking about uh, having to spend thousands of dollars, and they call Rick and find out it's not thousands. It might be nothing. It might be nothing to worry about. It might be a hundred bucks instead of a thousand. So uh, think about that before you venture in to the car dealership service department, or before you venture in to an independent repair shop. Again, YouTube.com forward slash Earl on cars. Now, our favorite line is our telephone, the old-fashioned telephone. Never thought I'd be saying old-fashioned, uh, but it is. 
pick up the phone or get your little a smartphone, you dial 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. Why do we like that? Uh, well, first of all, you'll tell if you're regular listeners, you know our regular callers, the personality. And we have folks out there, you just, you can visualize them by their voice. And that's nice. It's a, it, it, it really adds a, a dimension to the show. So we really like those phone calls, and we prioritize them. When you dial 877-960-9960, Nancy Stewart, sitting here to my left, she has a laptop. Jeremy in the studio will shoot that call number and who you are to that uh, laptop, and we can stack up, I think, five. We have five lines we don't want to stack them up like that. We want to take you quickly so we can have the next call come right through, too. We don't want to keep you waiting. Now, to be honest with you, we do. Not waiting at all. Okay. One tap, those, tap. We have a caller. One of those five lines is lit up, and we have Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. Kevin's calling us Hi, from Dania Beach. Yes. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you. Hi. I have a... A bit of a technical question. Um, last Sunday, I replaced the battery in my 21 Tacoma. Um, and I'd say a couple hours later, I started to get a brake accelerator uh, depressed simultaneously on my dash, like a warning. And I can't figure out the car will not move or the truck will not move past five miles an hour. It somehow guess I tripped something when I took the old battery out and put the new battery in. Wow. But I can't seem to find out the problem. It, it, the, the message that uh, was reading, it said, brake and accelerator depressed simultaneously. That's what it would say on my dash in a red background with white lettering. And um, like I said, the car or the truck would not move uh, past five miles an hour. The minute I took my foot off the accelerator, the, the warning thing would go away. But the whole thing would start the minute I tried to accelerate again. Hmm. Is there something I don't know about? Because I went into the manual to try to see if there was something I should have done, and uh, I took it to a um, uh, a Toyota dealership, uh, and they said they had to have the battery calibrated, and I nearly laughed at them. Uh, I don't know exactly what that means because I've never had to, you know, calibrate a battery ever. I'm not. A mechanic, you know, professional, but I'm not that ignorant. And um, it just seemed like an excuse, and nothing was fixed. So um, I was wondering if you have some suggestions. Oh, the other thing is I had um, LED brake lights on the on the truck at the time, the aftermarket. And I'm thinking maybe when I took off the old battery and put the new battery in, it tripped something. And okay. Having, uh, no problems with the old problem. First things I I like to go with the, the what they call the kiss method. Keep it simple. You know, we'll just Stupid. leave that last yeah. one off there. But um, uh, yeah, I got you though. I got you. Do you by any chance do you have multiple floor mats? Multiple. In other words, uh, I'm sorry. What was uh, more than one floor mat. Do you have floor mats stacked up on each other? No, I do not. Okay, because the the first thing I look at in a case like this is is there a possibility that a floor mat is actually causing both pedals to engage, or 
Are you the type of driver? Do you use both feet when you're driving? Or I do you use only no? Okay, I, I just I, I just like to cover the bases there. Um, sure. The first thing I would do is if that LED brake light system, if it's been on the truck for a while, then I would kind of set that to the back burner for now. But I would consider that's a very good possibility. If you can unplug those and mm -hmm. drive a little bit without those and see if that condition occurs then. But the other thing that I would check for, uh, just, just for the fun of it, just because it sounds silly. Right. Park your truck, disconnect the negative terminal, uh, go get a drink of water, wait about 10 minutes, and reconnect it, and then try it again. Sometimes what happens oh, is... The, the yeah, it's it's a reboot. It's as silly as it sounds. It's the 1990s diagnostic of your home computer. Right. When exactly. a lot of these systems get confused, and you simply disconnect that power, but you got to wait about 10 minutes so that everything that's using power will settle down and shut off with it disconnected. Because well, a lot of these systems have battery well, backup. Well, let me ask a question uh, of uh, for for Kevin. Uh, you said to unplug the aftermarket uh, brake light for a few minutes and drive it uh, a little ways. Uh, he'd have to drive it at five miles an hour. Well, if, to see if the if the condition isn't occurring with those disconnected, you know right if away. If that fixes it, then that's that's your problem. Yeah, you know right away. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to also um, make you aware too. I didn't tell you this, but in the morning when I would get ready to go to work after I replaced the battery, I replaced it on a Sunday. I went to go to work Monday morning. Um, and that's when it first started. Um, later that afternoon, when I came home, the truck worked fine. So now I'm starting to think there might be moisture somewhere in the connectors, possibly, because it wouldn't trip no matter how hard I tried. Like at 4 o'clock in the afternoon when I come home, the truck worked perfectly. The next morning, the same thing happened on Tuesday morning. And when I checked the um, connectors, um the brake light connector has copper um, uh, um, tabs inside, and they were corroded. They were green, so they're probably getting some sort of moisture in there. Oh I'm yes, assuming. yes. I would I would definitely clean that out real well, and mm -hmm. wrap it with with plastic and electrical tape to make sure you mm -hmm. get the moisture out of there, and okay. try it again and see. Yeah, if you if you've got a corrosion in a connector, that's that's a smoking gun right there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I and it, it and I and right now the brake lights don't work. I only have the right side looks perfectly fine. All the connectors look practically brand new, as opposed to the left. And mm. it, it, it's weird because uh, I do not have brake lights on my right side, and I have nothing working. I only have running lights on my right side, and I have nothing working on my left side at all. It doesn't blink. And oh, when I turn on the left hand blinker. Um, my blinker on my dash blinks really fast, like as if it's indicating that the bulb is out and it's not. Functioning. Right. So I don't really understand exactly what the heck's going on, but I will try the um, disconnecting. The, you said the negative, right? For ten yes. minutes. Yes. Okay, I haven't thought about that. All yeah, right, but I, I would also there. go for that connector because uh, mm -hmm. if you got corrosion there, what happened is when when we had the big floor mat fiasco back in the late nineties with mm -hmm. what Toyota called the unintended acceleration. Um, Toyota put programming into the, every car that if you're stepping on the gas, 
and you step on the brake, the computer immediately ignores the accelerator request and it shuts the accelerator down and it gives you a warning saying, hey, we're seeing both inputs, so you got to get rid of one or the other. Well, it gets rid of the accelerator and says, we're going to let you stop the vehicle. We're not going to let you keep hitting the gas. And if you're shorting out a little bit on that stoplight circuit, the computer reads that as you're stepping on the brake. So you're, ah, you're confusing okay. the computer that way. Kevin, you you got a lot of work with her. You know, uh, we're on the air for two hours. I don't know if you'll have time, but if you start with a couple of the first uh, recommendations that are fairly quick and something happens, good or bad, uh, can you give us a call back before 10 o'clock? I will try to, yes. Yes, I don't have the car, right, the truck right here, but I will try to definitely, yeah. um, you know, get back to you. One last thing. If I put the OEM brake a light in would it could it work or would it make a difference or probably not that would probably straighten it right out but make sure you clean okay. out those uh, those connectors get in there mm -hmm. with some uh, electrical cleaner spray and a toothbrush mm -hmm. clean them real well so that there there's no corrosion left and i think that'll take okay. care of a lot take care of that problem for you okay all right thank you gentlemen i appreciate it i will try to get back to you before 10. thanks for calling thank kevin. you thank you kevin <clears throat> We, uh, we look forward to hearing from you before 10 o'clock, 877-960-9960. And uh, before we go on, ladies, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and we have an incentive here, and that's $50 for the first two new lady callers. Uh, uh, give us a call and uh, let us know uh, how maybe your, you know, your experience went in purchasing a vehicle Maybe you wanted to lease a vehicle. Uh, maybe uh, you were looking for a car based on better gas mileage. And Nancy's not kidding. $50. She writes a check out. She mails a check to you. There's no strings attached. So if you're female, you haven't called the show before, all you have to do is call the show. She'll ask you to stay on the line after the call give your contact information to the producer of the studio so it doesn't go out public, and she'll get that contact information and ka-ching, mail you a check for $50. So you ladies out there, uh, it's nice, not but you can pick up $100 the first two new female callers. That's right. And uh, we're going to stay with the phones. We're going to go to Paul, who's calling us from Lake Park. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. Welcome. I have a... Uh, thank you. I have a 2019 Chevy Sonic, and uh, probably about two weeks ago, I went to use the uh, the windshield uh, washer. Okay, by 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 just pulling the lever back, which activates the windshield wiper along with the uh, along with the uh, spray, and uh, it worked. And then uh, I tried it a little bit later. And suddenly it, it just stopped working. Okay, now the rear washer, the, the the rear wiper and washer worked. So I popped the hood and looked for what I considered the obvious to see if there was uh, a disconnected hose, and it it, I, it didn't appear it didn't appear that way. So uh, I'm just curious uh, as to what might be causing that, other than uh, the possibility of uh, just the uh, clogged, the clogged, uh, the nozzle being clogged. Here's the first thing I would do. Um, 
park your car on an area where the ground is nice and dry, you know, on the pavement so you can see, see this, but find a dry spot. Stop there, hit the windshield washer for the front and hold it for like about a count of five or so. And then look underneath the car and see if you've got a wet spot is formed. One of the first things that we look for is rats and mice, for some reason, love to chew on those rubber hoses and they'll get up in a spot where you're not going to see it. They'll chew through that hose. So then when you activate the washer, all that water is going to run right down onto the ground. And in relation to where your car is, that'll give you a pretty good indicator as to where that spot is that they chewed through it. Okay. Now, if you don't see anything while you're holding it, listen really close and try to see if you can hear the motor running. You can even shut the engine totally off and just have just your key turned on to the accessory position and then hit that switch and try to listen and see if you can hear that, that pump motor the washer turn on pump, and off. Yeah, washer pump motor. Yeah. And if it does not, it may just be an electrical issue going to that pump motor or the pump okay. motor itself may have stopped working. Well, now that, that, that pump motor also supplies the, the rear window too, right? Not necessarily. Okay. Most manufacturers actually have two little motors. One does the front, one does the rear. Okay. Well, that sounds like a good idea. I'll, I'll definitely give that a shot. Well, good luck, to, good luck to you because my Tesla windshield wiper motor has failed twice. And I, I haven't been able to wash my windshield in about two months because I hate the idea of taking it into the dealer. Well, that's not completely true. You have Nancy to clean <laughs> that's that true. windshield. Yeah. <laughs> all, all, all in all, it has been a, a very reliable car. It's definitely fuel efficient. Um, but but I, I've probably seen three or four Chevy Sonics on the road they they for whatever reason i guess weren't very popular yeah well paul uh let us know if that worked uh we love to hear rick uh, make these diagnoses i I'm, I'm always amazed impressed he's worked for me for 25 years and i don't know anybody knows more about automobiles and uh to hear him diagnose these problems on the uh by telephone, yeah, right on, on the radio. And, and not it, only that, Paul, but uh, it's interesting to think about these little critters that crawl up under your yeah. hood, uh, <laughs> and, you know, and uh, have uh, dinner or, or whatever. And uh, yeah. I think if Rick could uh, produce some pictures, uh, he'd have a whole lot of them because we've discussed this one over and over again. Well, we have actually rescued kittens and raccoons from the front of cars hiding in the grills and, and brought them home safely. Yes, I, I hear a lot about kittens. But, uh. <laughs> All right, thanks, All right. Paul. Call again, please. Thank you very much. Thank you. Keep us posted, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772 don't forget your anonymousfeedback.com. <coughs> We'd love to hear from you uh, from your anonymousfeedback.com. We have a great mystery shopping report coming up that you're going to love. And uh, we're going to go over some more news as far as the uh, FTC is concerned. Uh, Earl will get to that later in the show. And uh, before I go on, isn't it amazing, um, you know, when do you think you can 
wake up, take a look at the newspaper, turn on the news, and there won't be a recall. It just seems like as if that it's endless. Well, Friday in the USA Money uh, part of the newspaper, there it was. Uh, airbag issues continue to plague automakers, and uh, it's it's definitely a, a very long list. We definitely don't have time for me to go over at all, uh, but I can I can recommend uh, to you that if you're interested in finding out about your car and whether it has been recalled, all you have to do, it's real easy, uh, is go to safercar.gov and uh, enter your VIN number. And uh, right there, you know, you can get the information. So keep that in mind. Uh, I'm going to uh, go back to the recovering car dealer. Yeah, I'll just I'll just uh, coattail on that uh, recall thing. We this show, if you're a regular listener, go back a few years. I mean, we really got into the Takata airbag recall. I mean, we got emotional, and it was a terrible, terrible thing. People being killed and so on and so forth. And the the frustrating thing is, people were not bringing their cars in for the repairs. Uh, also. Um, uh, dealers were reluctant oftentimes. They would have cars with their lot they'd sell that should have been inspected. Um, and what do you say about a problem that hasn't gotten better in the past 10, 20 years? In fact, it's getting worse. There are more recalled cars on the road today, percentage-wise, and of course, in absolute numbers, than ever before. So, um, we get caught up in so many things. There's so you got the COVID, you got the the supply chain crisis, you got the electric vehicles, everybody gets excited, and we forget about basics. Uh, it costs you nothing. You go to safercar.org, S-A-F-E-R-C-A-R.org, put the VIN number in for your car, and take it to that make dealer, and they fix it for nothing. Uh, I mean, if it's a minor thing, you can say, forget about it. I'm a procrastinator. I have recalls on my own cars that I haven't had fixed. But if it's a safety recall, like an airbag, I got to think it's worth spending uh, a couple hours at the dealership, even if you have to leave the car there and get a loaner. Uh, and you should get a loaner for a safety recall. Uh, take the time now to go safercar.org and see if your car's been recalled. Chances are... It has been. I mean, I, I don't want to frighten you, but chances are it has been, especially if you've had that car for a while. Safercar.org. Remember also that if you take your car in and they don't have the parts available for that safety recall, they are required to provide you a car until they get those parts. Exactly, yeah. You might have to argue about it, by the way. Rental cars are hard to come by. Mm, that and a lot of dealers, their rental car vehicles are... Uh, out already, and Enterprise and the other rental car companies uh, are short of cars. So uh, sometimes you have to be the squeaky wheel. But you are entitled, if you have a safety recall, to bring that car and get it fixed. And while it's being fixed, they're entitled to provide transportation. Now, yeah, th th this isn't. Uh, this has nothing to do with the airbags. But you mentioned about recalls, and you could have a brand new car. Yeah. and uh, have a recall. So they include that list, and it includes the 2024 BMW, 
2024 BMW, and uh, these are issues with the uh, brake system and uh, a, a whole variety of oh. different things uh, that, uh, you know, cause you to have a, a recall. So take advantage of uh, safercar.gov and uh, enter that VIN number and get the information you need to keep yourself safe. Um, we're going to go to Bob in Lake Park. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. How is Welcome. This Thank you. Thank you. Well, here now, here's the Good rest. Good morning, of the Bob. Floor. Good morning. And now okay, Bob, we the... can't hear you. Uh, I hear him. Oh, you can He's hear coming him? through over here. Go ahead, Bob. What's your question? Uh, okay. I want to give you the rest of the story on the uh, airbags. No. Oh. Uh-huh. Apparently, uh, the people that were bringing the cars back in to be fixed, the uh, mechanics were returning the cars to the customers, but they never fixed them. Really? Where'd you read that? Oh, yeah. Oh, there's a big... One woman lost her eye. Wow. Those things exploding. I guess it was primarily the Ford dealers. Good Lord. Uh, well, talking about liability, uh, of course, yeah. it's, it's such a dangerous thing. Uh, that could that could cost a Ford dealer their dealership, I would think. That's a, that's a criminal fraud. Uh, uh, could kill yeah. somebody. I'm, I'm shocked. There's a big investigation going on now. It wasn't just one dealer. It was a number of them. Wow. And whatever the reason would be, the mechanics were not fixing the airbags or they were fixing them improperly. And, and uh, now they have to recall the recall. Mm -hmm. what I am. And I'm wondering in your shop, Greg, uh, how do you mechanic? We lost you, Bob. Yes, I was wondering, I wanted to ask uh, Rick, yeah. how does he know mechanic actually did the work? Um, a lot of times it's actually pretty hard to tell. Uh, you can look at the part. And it looks like it's new. Uh, we, we try to look at, like, different brackets and things and judge by the color of the condition of, of parts. I, let me jump in there. It, the manufacturer and the dealerships require that when you do warranty work and you replace a part, you save the old part, and then it's supposed to be verified by the manufacturer. They come by with a manufacturer's representative that counts the parts before you can scrap it. So that they're not so much trying to protect the customer, they're trying to protect themselves because they're reimbursing the dealer for the part they replaced. In case of an airbag, it's extremely expensive. So whoever these Ford dealers were, if they got away with it, then Ford themselves didn't do the job uh, because they should have pointed it out to the dealer and to uh, the police. <laughs> you know, right. You got a crooked dealer here that's lying about replacing airbags. Well, with the, with the airbags, though, with the inflators that we're replacing, we have to scan in. There's a, a number, an actual serial number for the airbag assembly and there's a separate serial number for the inflator piece that we're replacing. We're supposed to scan in the serial number for the airbag and the old inflator number and the inflator number of the new one that's going into the car. Then that information gets uploaded to a database so they can come back and look at it later. But if that, if these four dealers got away with it, Bob, they were really, really a lot of people uh, dropping the ball, including the dealer, 
the technician and Ford Motor Company. So I call really that amazing. criminal activity yeah. in my book. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I also read that there was something in the article that said something about uh, the Ford, uh, the manufacturer was uh, complicit uh, because they didn't want to be on the hook for replacing all the Oh. Their guidance to the dealership, to the service dealers, yeah. was a little bit ambiguous on how these things should be repaired. I'll Google so, that. I, I, I like to read those. Read that. Yeah. It's all about saving money. You know yeah. what I mean? So why they putting people's lives at risk? Well, Bob, thanks. Say, th uh, thanks for that information. I really appreciate the call. Yeah, that was an interesting call, Bob. Thank you. Okay, folks, uh, I, there's a couple of very vital... That's why I couldn't hear Bob. My controls are falling apart. No. <laughs> okay, uh, Mary is back, and it's great to hear from her. She's calling us from Pompano Beach. Good morning, Mary. Hi. First of all, good morning, and thank you for all you do. Oh, you're uh, welcome. Your, your information is invaluable. I don't know if you remember, I called um, last summer, I with frustration of looking for a Subaru down here, um, I went up to New York um, and I bought a Subaru for, and up there in New York State uh, <coughs> mandates that a dealer can only charge you $175 maximum yes. in fees. But anyway, Great. Uh, I'm looking, yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, and, and there are other states similar to that, but I knew that's how it would be there. I'm looking to buy a BMW down here in South Florida. And, and like you say, it's the Wild West. Um, the Costco Auto Program does not have one single dealer, according to the guy that I called at Costco Program, Auto Program, in Florida whatsoever. So I was wondering, um, have you had any, you know, has um, Agent Lightning had any positive experience with a BMW down here in South Florida that I could go to? We've got uh, Bremen and Vista are the two that come to mind. Uh, you can go to our blog, EarlOnCars.com, and we have a recommended dealer list. Uh, uh, there should be quite a few dealers. Uh, BMW is an extremely popular car, especially in South Florida. So if you go to our recommended dealer list, uh, you will see, I'm sure, uh, some on the probably the recommended list. Uh, Bremen. Uh, we've shopped several times. Vista, we've shopped. Uh, Vista may have changed hands, come to think of it. But, uh, yeah, uh, uh, just Google that, put in a zip code, and there are a lot of BMW dealers in Florida. And I think you can probably find some on our recommended list. Oh, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Sure thing, and, Mary. And Mary, let me mention to you that uh, I mentioned earlier, I don't know if you were listening, uh, but uh, one of the recalls is a BMW so you make sure you do your homework as you've done before. Uh, you certainly are an educated consumer, and uh, check that out. That was in yesterday's uh, USA Today in the money section. Should it, should it be on safercar.gov by now, or probably uh, yes. that, uh, You know, uh, I can't be sure of, but it's definitely worth going to safercar.gov and uh, checking out the cars that have been recalled. Okay, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Mary. Give us a call again. Uh, ladies, uh, please give me a call, just like Mary. Um, she has really stayed with the show. She's called several times as other ladies. And uh, we have $50 this morning. 
for the first two new lady callers. So give us a call and uh, give us a shout out or discuss your, you know, your service or maybe you purchased a car. 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 and youranonymousfeedback.com. Don't forget that. We're going to get to Rick in just a couple of minutes after we take uh, this call from Roger who's calling us from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Roger. Good morning. Welcome. I'm calling. Yes, thank you. I'm calling back. I called about two weeks ago, and I spoke with Rick about the, a brake situation I was experiencing uh, on my Nissan Quest, and it was making a roaring noise like when the brake pads wear down. But anyhow, what Rick explained to me was that the the metal piece that protects the brakes from the uh, caliper, that that has come loose, and it generally causes a problem. So... <laughs> I followed his instructions, and I took the car apart, and I found out he was absolutely right. I took the brakes back to where I bought them and got another set of brake pads, put them on there, followed Rick's instructions. I, it's working perfectly, and I just... Thanks, Roger. I really thank appreciate you. that. I, I, As I say, I brag on Rick so much. I love when people like you take the time to call back and, and congratulate him, or if he was wrong, tell him he's wrong, but that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Right. Send all donations right. to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. <laughs> <laughs> that recognition is great, though. It really is. Thank you so much, Roger. All right. Thank you. You're Have welcome. Isn't that great? He took the time out. Yeah. That's pretty cool. A, thank you, Roger. I appreciate that. And to thank Rick, you know, that's just fantastic. But that's the kind of... Uh, that's a cutting kind of audience that we have. And uh, just in case I didn't mention it this morning, I'll tell you what, guys, you make the show. You definitely do. And uh, you're a huge part of the show. So uh, we want to thank you. Take a moment and thank you and let you know that uh, we do recognize the fact that you're a huge part of the show. Um, again, ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Give us a call. 877-960-9960. And now we are going to go to Roadrunner Steve. And I don't have to mention the part of the country he's from because he calls every week. He's a regular caller. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Steve. everybody. Good morning. Okay, the guy with the windshield wiper problem that called a little while ago. Yeah, the washer, yeah. Yeah, okay. Now, suppose he has a push-button start. How does he go to accessory to check that problem out? <laughs> Keep your foot off the brake. Press the button once and release. Press it a second time and release. The dash will all light up to your ignition on, but ready off. Very good answer. Ah, he, he passed your test. <laughs> meet, meet. Okay, okay, Steve, we have a seat here for you. Are you gonna join? Are you gonna join us every Saturday morning? I I'll see. Sometimes it's hard to get through. The other thing was uh, a few weeks back you were talking about tires, right? I seen this thing on YouTube. I forget what country it was. They take the old steel belted tires. They put this tire on a machine. It rips out the steel belt. They throw that to the side. Now they take the tire, throw it in the shredder. And then they put it in molds to make pavies, sandal bottoms, and rubber mats. 
So it all goes back. Wow. How cool that is. That's yes. A, that's great. You and can they actually. Just pick up the tires in the street. They just tr- do the machine. No, no overhead, no whatsoever. You can actually even buy those uh, those tire, the crumbles that where they chop the tire rubber all up. You can buy that. To, they put it down in uh, kids' playgrounds as a, well, a soft mat. So if, you know when the kids are running around, if they fall down, yeah, they're landing on fall. rubber so they don't get hurt. Yeah, I know. That's why the kids are soft today. Oh, I always fell on concrete <laughs> off the monkey bars. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the other thing what Ty is a good for, especially in Florida, with termites, I have rubber mulch all around the house, none of that wood junk. So that's another thing. They, that's another good thing to use those chopped up tires for. Great tip. You know, I think I might have to get married so I could get my wife to call for that $50 check, but I don't think so. Uh, okay, okay. Can you do that? All right, everybody have a safe day. Thank you. Uh, I'm counting on it, Steve. I want to I hear, hear from the missus next week. No, no, I got enough headaches with my road one. I don't need I don't need any more. All right, thank you, guys. You don't, you don't need any baggage. Okay, 877-960-9960. And uh, hey, ladies, uh, we we don't want we don't want Roadrunner Steve to do anything crazy. Uh, he's talking he's talking about getting married, ladies. Now watch out for that guy. I'm so, warning you. So I'm ladies, you, ladies, I'm waiting for you to give me a call. I'd rather hear from you than for Roadrunner Steve to sacrifice his well singlehood. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty fifty dollars for the first two new lady callers. We're going to go to Palm Beach Gardens, where Chase is waiting to talk to us. Good morning, Chase. Good morning. How are you? We're great. How you doing? Doing well. I have a question for you. First time caller. Okay. I have a two thousand sixteen Kia Optima, twenty eight thousand original miles, and. Um, when I got down here this uh, this early winter, uh, one of my windows stopped working up and down. It wouldn't stay up or wouldn't stay down. It was just gone. And within three and a half weeks, all four windows did the same exact thing. The uh, windows wouldn't work. <coughs> I was kind of like stopping them. Tape them up. And... Uh, that didn't actually hold because of the heat down here. So um, I just wanted to know, I'm out of a warranty. How does that work as far as all four windows going within three and a half weeks? Wow. That's that's a tough one because, unfortunately, most manufacturers, they, they kind of set their limits at the 336, which is pretty much average for warranty across the board. Um, what you can try to do is take your receipts Go back to Kia, and not not to the dealership per se, but go to their customer support line. Sure. Um, tell them what's going on, that all four of them went out on you in, in that short a time, and ask them if they can do any assistance by way of what's known as Goodwill. Uh, goodwill warranty is, even though your car is out of warranty, if they know they've got a problem with certain parts, quite often they would rather reimburse you for the money you spent or a portion of it or pay for the bill or a portion of the bill, you know, if you're there at the dealership then with it, just to try to kind of um, keep things quiet and not have it turn into a big press thing. Because 
you know, nowadays it's like if someone doesn't get their way, they kind of scream and yell to the press immediately. And sometimes that can blow up on these manufacturers. So they sure. they would rather pay you off. So if you go in there and just kind of say, hey, look, yo, this happened. Can you please assist me with some of this cost? Quite often they might refund you a portion of that money. Okay, this question here, would I need to go to a tier for all the service? Uh, you don't have to service at Kia, no. Okay, great. Now, well, Chase, so Chase, it's probably no consolation, but while you and Rick were talking, I was Googling 2015 uh, Optima, Kia Optimas with the window issues, and uh, a lot of people got the same problem. Uh, you might... Uh, you might try just Google that uh, 2015 Kia Optima window issues, and uh, you'll see uh, a lot, a lot of people. Kia is not the only one. Yeah. In our shop, we had a spot for yeah. a couple of years there where it was like we were putting windows with motors well, he, in everything. He has a Kia, so that's the reason I told yeah. him that. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks yeah. very much for that, Chase. Yeah, thank you very much for listening. Give us a call again, Chase, 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530. And again, ladies, I'm just going to keep running with this. $50 for the first two new lady callers. We're running out of time. We'll only be here till 10 o'clock. We are going to... Hey, Nancy, uh, just to let you know, Kim appreciates life. She says, good morning. I appreciate you all, and thank you for the $50 I received. Oh, how nice. And she's sweet. Yeah, definitely. Boy, I'll tell you what, you know, just to take for granted that we're helping everyone out there, you know, uh, whatever, whichever venue, kind of, you're on Facebook, you're on YouTube, uh, you're here, you know, calling us. We appreciate you saying that you really appreciate us. So thank you for that, Kim. Uh, we Speaking of first-time callers, we're going to go to Paula, who's calling us from Tampa. Good morning, Paula. Good morning. Welcome. Thank you. Paula, um, you I just, just won yourself $50, and if you stay on the line after we're finished and talk to Jeremy in the uh, control room, and give him your information, that's your contact information. He'll pass that along to me, and I'll send you out a check. Great. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. You're welcome. What can we do um, for I replaced, you? Yes. I just want to let you know, I replaced my Mazda that I had for 18 years, and I bought my very first Toyota two months ago through your company. So I'm so happy. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Well, thank yes, you very much, I love Paul. it. I we listen. Well, we hope you listen every week, uh, and we appreciate all the ladies out there that that call, especially the first-time callers. Thank you. I have listened to your show on and off for many years, and faithfully watch it every Saturday when I can. I love your show. Thank you thank for you. all you do. You're welcome. Thank you, Paula, and thank you for calling and spread the word, Paula, that we are trying oh, to build a platform right here <laughs> for the ladies. Uh, because they are just as important. I will. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Have a great yeah. weekend. Uh, we you are going to go to Howard, who's calling us from Jupiter. Good morning, Howard. Oh, good morning. How are you all doing? We're great. Great. I got a 
question for Rick. I, 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 Rick, I don't think you've ever seen this this problem before. Uh, I'm like 99% sure that if I tell you what the problem is, you never heard of it. So it could either be a body shop problem or a, a mechanical issue that is your service. Uh, my friend um, was filling up his gas tank at Costco, and for some reason he pulled out the nozzle, and and when it came out, he hit the little protrusion uh, that's in the door, and he broke it off. So in other words, the, the door now uh, is open; it can't be closed. Okay. So, okay. Did you ever hear of a thing like that? I've I've seen that little piece stop working. Um, it's basically all that is. It's a plastic tab on a, with a spring-loaded holder that's on the end of a cable, and that cable goes from the fuel door all the way up to the lever that's up on the floor next to the seat in most cars. Um, it's a very simple setup. Just basically when you pull that lever, it pulls on the cable and releases that little pin. Now, what he might try doing is look at the pin that's on the body side if, if that part is not damaged, if it's the little tab that's on the fuel door itself has been bent away a little bit, he might try bending that very gently to give it a little bit of chance to engage with that plastic pin. Now, don't put it too much because if you do, you won't be able to get that fuel door open at all without going in and releasing that pin from the backside inside the trunk area. But if you can try giving that just a little tweak... It'll nine times you can get it that shape right back in place and have your fuel door operating again. Yeah, a little protrusion is broken. That little piece that comes out, you oh, okay. broke it off. On on the body side? On the body side. Yeah, okay. Then he's gonna have to replace that part, unfortunately. So who who does that? The body shop does do it? The service department do does it. I've I've done several. Really? Yeah. They eventually wear out. I mean, it's it's a cable. Eventually, that cable gets stretched enough on older cars, or sometimes somebody will be a little aggressive when they pull it, and it'll it'll damage the cable or the latch. So yeah, I've replaced a few of those. The, the little protrusion that that that. that yeah, it's, it's just uh, a pin. It, it broke right off. Yeah. Okay. So in other words, um, um, you've seen that before. I I I never heard of a thing like that, and. Uh, I've asked a number of people, and they said they never heard of a repair. Uh, and how can you do it? I'm trying to figure out how he did that. Uh, he pulled it out, and he banged in, and it, it broke off. Yeah, it just, if you hit it just right, that plastic will snap off. See, okay, Rick, looks at, Rick yeah. looks at thousands and thousands of them, and you only look at one. So that's yeah. the reason you've never seen it before. <laughs> Welcome to Rick's world. <laughs> I've... <laughs> Okay, thank you very much for the information. Have a good day, guys. Thanks, You're very Howard. welcome, Howard. You know, writing on that comment as a, uh, a dealership owner, and I get a whole lot of complaints, and I hear people uh, complain. And one of one of the things that I notice is that you know people like Howard, you know, uh, when you tell a, when you tell a guy that has a problem that really, really got him irritated with his car, and you say. Uh, well, I've never seen that happen before. He doesn't care. It happened to him. Yep. <laughs> no. and, and, and the chances are it, does, it has happened before, but you just haven't seen it happen before. But it, I always, it, makes, it, it makes the person feel kind of uh, you know, 
maybe it's me, or maybe maybe he's questioning that it didn't really happen that I imagined it. But oh, yeah. I've never seen that. How could that happen? The Lone Ranger. Yeah, I, but hey, I laugh at that. Uh, our number here is eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Give us a call eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. You can text us also at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. We are going to talk with John from West Palm Beach. Thanks, John, for holding. Good morning. Hey, good morning. You talk, uh, I don't even know why I called, but the guy that was talking about the tires and recycling the tires, uh-huh. he one way of uh, the way they do it. There's also a second process. Um, what they do, uh, there's companies that take the tires and they freeze dry them huh. to where they become brittle. And then they go and they put them in this smasher, and it smashes up the tires. And then they're able to take the uh, uh, radial cor- uh, belt, uh, radio belts out of them. And then, once again, reuse the rubber for roads and playgrounds and things like that. Yeah, cool. Uh, there's, yeah. A lot of, there's a lot of different ways that they're recycling tires and the process in, uh, you know, separating the metal from the rubber. It's, yeah. it's yeah. a good business for somebody. We, you know, as a car dealership, we have thousands and thousands of of, of free tires. As a matter of fact, well, you know, our company gives free tires to our people that buy cars from us, uh, and so therefore we give away a lot of tires. And we take in a lot of tires, and we 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 put them out back. And these companies come by; these huge trucks load these tires up. I remember a long time ago when I was trying to squeeze the profits a little bit to make a few more bucks, I did some exploration and there was a company in Alabama that I was going to try to send the tires to, but because the other companies that pick up the tires, they have the volume, I guess they could probably get a freight load full of these tires and they don't they don't get much for you know, per tire, but if you have thousands and thousands of tires, it's a profitable business. And as you say, the bottom line is recycling, and God knows we need more of that. Yeah, definitely. The list is endless as far as uh, recycling, you know, the tires uh, is concerned. Okay, John. But the the um, Paula, who just bought a car from you or through you guys, uh, she says she lives in Tampa. She's going to miss out on her free tires for life. Uh-huh. <laughs> There you go. If she lives in, is there any co- other companies, that, Toyota companies, that do what you do? No. They have that same. Yeah, we're, that, that's just us. That's who we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's got to drive from Tampa to get her tires, her free tires. Well, we, we have people from Key West. That's even further further than Tampa. <laughs> yeah. All right. Very good. Have a great week. Thanks, John. Thank you, too. We're going to go to Lisa, who's been holding, and... Uh, She's called before, but she's calling us back. She lives in Jupiter. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. How's everyone? We're great. Welcome back. Good. Thank you so much. So I have a 2009 Toyota Camry, and one day I come out to get in the car, and I pull my door handle on the outside, and it breaks off. And not even uh, within the same month, the other side breaks off. Oh, boy. I know, and I had you guys fixed it beautifully. It's all good. I just wondered, is that a function of a car that's not garage kept because of the heat and it's just a piece of plastic, or am I pulling on the door too hard? I don't know. It's just 
kind of found it odd that, that they both broke, and now I'm like, are the other two going to break? So that's why I wanted to call and ask. Well, they are 13 years old, and Florida is yep. kind of a harsh, harsh environment. The heat and the humidity, um, I don't think it's so much that you pulled too hard on them. It's just, you know, that the, yeah, they, they get old over time. The, the plastic starts to get brittle. Uh, for the rear ones, um, I wouldn't recommend replacing them just, for, just because they're old. I would wait mm -hmm. until they do actually break and then do it. But, uh, but yeah, at 13, 14 years old, you know, it's just starting to get time. And, you know, th things, things get old here in Florida. It's, right. A, right. it's a rough environment. Right, not just us. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I have the car service with you guys. It's, you know, it's doing great. It has, you know, not even, so I'm over 200,000 miles. It's all running great. So if other stuff like that breaks, I guess it's just par for the course. Yeah, and, True. and you don't use the rear doors near as much, so that would be the best way of it. Mm. I'm just, uh, yeah. I'm just Googling while you were talking, Lisa, and, uh, uh, if you want to go to Google and Google 2009 Toyota Camry door handle breaking, uh, it's always fascinating to me that other people have the same problem. And I just ran across one. I haven't read it. I haven't verified it. It could be nonsense. But there's a secret fix for Toyota door handles. Uh, and and I'll, I'll also write on Rick's comment that after 15 years, things break. Uh, I hate to tell my customers that. Uh, I can't imagine why a door handle would break in 15 years, especially if you weren't abusing the handle or beating on it with a bat. Uh, door handles aren't supposed to break in 15 years. Cars today, uh, are, should, especially the door handles, should last a lot longer than that. But yeah, uh, not that it's going to do you any good because Toyota is not going to fix it. But uh, shame on any manufacturer that can't build a car where the door handle will last more than 15 years without yeah. breaking. Hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, and Lisa, well, uh, you. Lisa you're, uh, you're in the gym, and you're lifting weights, and uh, you're a real beast, and you're ripping <laughs> on those door handles. <laughs> it's your fault, so, Lisa. You so should be more gentle on advice, those door handles. <laughs> my advice, stay out of the gym. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Take good care. You're welcome, Lisa. Okay, we are going to go to some of these guys that are, well, they've been waiting. They're, they've been very patient this morning. We're going to start with Marty. Good morning, Marty. You there, Marty? Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Me? Yeah, yep. I got a couple of questions, one for uh, Rick and one for Earl. First thing for Rick, uh, my wife has a Honda CRV, and years ago they used to say, make sure, you know, when you put gas in, make sure the gas cap is turned on or tight and all that stuff. Well, on the Honda CRVs, there's no gas caps. So how do they get away? How do they have it so they don't need a gas cap? Yeah, they, they have that, uh, like, flap thing that you push the nozzle down through. Yeah, it's so it. They they worked out a system that seals seals well enough that it it passes the government standards, and hey, as long as it works for them, I'm not gonna, I I won't denigrate them because the government says 
you must have a system that holds a vacuum when the system does its self-check for something in the neighborhood of like five hours, it has to hold this vacuum. And basically it says there cannot be a leak detectable that is larger than 0.00002 millimeters. In other words, we're talking a minuscule little pinhole. This system has to be able to detect it. So, so far for three years, I guess it's worked good. So, yeah, as, as long as it's working, knock on wood and keep on going. Yeah. Now, the other thing I want to ask Earl, uh, my wife's car is a lease. The lease is up this in March, sometime in March. I'm going to pay it off. If you want to pay it off with the dealership, they say they've got to inspect it. They've got to charge you a dealer fee. They've got to do all this nonsense. So I'm paying directly to Honda to buy it. But is that legal for them to charge all these other fees? No, it's... it's if you're it, paying it, cash? No, it's, 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 as a matter of fact, it's, it's been... It really hit the fan on that because it's been a class action suit in South Florida. And it scared the hell out of a lot of dealers that were doing this routinely. Uh, you have an option to purchase your lease car, as you know, and that is a firm option. Uh, that the, They cannot add any money to that cost. Uh, but they were doing it anyway, uh, basically lying to the, to the uh, lessees and saying uh, this is uh, required. Uh, so there's a, a lot of uh, dealers had to give a lot of money back. Uh, there was some big settlements made. In fact, even the manufacturers got involved. Toyota was involved, I was shocked to see. And Volkswagen was involved and a couple other manufacturers. But no, uh, anybody with a lease car, be sure you check your option price. And when you decide you want to exercise that option price, that is the price you pay. The only thing you have should have to pay on that are, is tax and tag. I mean, you've got, you know, you, there should be right. no dealer fee. There should be no administrative fee. There should be no fee, period. You buy it at that price plus tax and tag, and that's the law. It uh, goes back to, I think, 1977. It's a, uh, uh, a, a federal law that you cannot add uh, the, to the cost of a purchase option price. Well, in my case right now, just rather than arguing and trying to get them to do it, uh, even yeah. there, one of their people in there said, send a check right to Honda, and they tell you what to do, and you don't have to put up with any of their nonsense. Yeah, that, that's true. So, I mean, it's, they, e it's easier to do it that way yeah. since you're paying the same amount. You know. oh, absolutely, yeah, and, and you should tell Honda uh, in the process what that Honda dealer did and how they tried to, how they tried to screw you because that's is. I mean, it's one thing they were getting away with it for years. And nobody thought much about it. And then when uh, finally a lawyer got a class action suit going, and and there were multiple dealers involved. It was all over the press, all over the media. So the dealers today that are still doing it are really uh, either stupid or extremely brave because they're going to get caught. Yeah. Well, he's supposed to have your back. Yeah. So, <laughs> huh. I guess he, you know, the money comes first. So, yeah. I'm just going to obviously pay directly to Honda. There you go. Way there to go. go. All right. Have a, have a good rest of the weekend. Uh, thank morning. you, Marty. Thank you for being part of the show. 
Uh, we're going to go to Doug in uh, Boca. Doug's a regular caller. Good morning, Bug. Doug, just called you Bug. <laughs> How I've are you? Uh, this is Doug, West Boca. How you doing? Good. Yeah, let me. Uh, I get. I need your opinion on uh, <clears throat> filing a complaint with the uh, state of Florida for an uh, auto mechanic. Quick story: My '65 Mustang, which I inherited from my son, was done by by Oaks. Um, the whole engine was done. She on next door in West Boca did the body. Uh, it was in storage. I needed some wiring work, and I had it. Um, I thought it was just a power steering. And I in West Boca. I took it to World Class Auto, and uh, I've been used to getting ripped off like a lot of people on handyman and uh, mechanics or whatever. So I thought it was just the power steering. So I went over there. It's only a mile from my house. And a guy gave me an estimate $950. And uh, it was in storage. And, you know, it was some minor things. It wasn't being used. I, well, maybe I do need it, but it's been rebuilt. New transmission, new engine. 3 3 one stroker. You know, it's a, you know, a short uh, show winner. So a couple of days later, I, I said, wait a minute. This car's brand new. It's just been in storage. So uh, I went back. And I canceled it, and I, I had uh, um, Kip over at Sheehan pick it up. Uh, he did the body work, but he does the engine as well. And uh, the, uh, the work he did, uh, it didn't need a new transmission, a new engine, new belts. These are new belts. Everything's new. And he wanted to charge me $15,000 almost to do all this stuff. So I'm thinking, oh, wait, this guy, this guy's a crook. But it's only a mile from my house, and I figured, well, all these other classic cars there, what am I missing? And uh, I'm not missing anything. The guy's ripping me off. And uh, before I go over and talk to him and get my $950 back, I figured I'd write the state of Florida and complain as well. I got three buildings and three cars, and you get busy, and you can't remember what you're doing. Life takes over. And uh, people like this, I should be put on notice. And before I go and talk to him and get my 950 bucks back, I figured I'd talk to you what do you think there's a lot of crooked mechanics out there although this is a classic it's brand new um there's about 15 other guys that do classic cars as well and uh um i don't understand why i'm getting ripped off or people are getting ripped off not going to the right people get work done that shouldn't be done you know who do you write to the state of florida what do you think and there's a lot of people getting ripped off you know unfortunately just like in car sales car service uh, a lot of these guys, these mechanics, they see people coming. It's, you know, I, I know 65 Mustang is a, a true classic, a very straightforward system car. But nowadays with a lot of the newer cars, things have gotten so complicated that mechanics can seem almost like wizards to people. And it's well, clear, very easy clear, to yeah. baffle people and charge them way more than yeah. what they should be paying. Well, cl- classic cars are very expensive, and yep. they're a rich man's toy, they might say, and so you have very few people. You see you see ads all the time for, I, does anybody know how to work on a 1959 Chevrolet? Does anybody, see, everybody knows how to work on 1965 and 59s. They're either retired or they're dead. Yep. So yeah. you, you have a very limited number of people that can do what you're looking to have done. The people that want to have it done are fairly well to do. I mean, you're not, if you're living hand to mouth, you're not going to be buying a 65 Mustang. No. Uh-uh. And so uh, you're, the best thing to do is to get into a club 
and uh, guys like you and John from Palm City and these yep. people that are really uh, aficionados for classic cars, they have a, a network and they, they, the internet is your friend and find out people that have had an experiences with technicians and someone that will treat you right. But whoever you find to work on the 65 Mustang is going to charge you a lot of money because supply and demand. You know, you can get a 2022 uh, uh, Mustang repaired anywhere, but to get a 1960, uh, to get a, a 1965 Mustang repaired, forget about it. I mean, well, trying to find the parts, yeah. you can find them everywhere, but finding good quality parts yeah. that are going to actually last on it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'd like. You know, there's plenty. Uh, N- NPD and Classic out of California. NPD sells all the parts. I have all the parts. Mm-hmm. This was done by by Oaks. And uh, Sheehan and Boca, and I took it back to Sheehan because it's been a year. And Oaks died from the Shelby, so these guys are the best. They know everything. I have all the parts. Yeah. I know this car. I got ripped off, thinking this guy knew what he was doing. He was a friend of Oaks. He wasn't, and he's just bullshitting me. And I'm thinking, what the hell is going on here? I, yeah. I, I want to complain. I'm going to take my estimate. I want my 950 bucks back because Sheehan did it with adjustments and minor things. I don't need a new transmission. The bells squeak. They don't need to be... Re- the guy ripped me off, basically. And so you know, I, Doug... I, I went back to Sheehan and say, hey, and Sheehan says, yeah, you got ripped off. It's 4000 not 15000 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Doug, you, you, you sound like as if that you're uh, pretty seasoned. Uh, it, oh, I know I'm doing it, yeah. I got BS by this guy. And, yeah, uh, it I, happens. I, but uh, these clubs yeah. that are out there... Uh, like Earl said, boy, I'll tell you yeah. what, it's amazing the interaction uh, that you have with everyone uh, that would have a 65 yeah. Mustang, and you learn so much. If that's possible, yeah, it Mustang sounds club. like you know a lot. Yeah, I was in a Mustang club for years in Broward. Where you? all died off. Yeah, the big one, Mustang club. But I've been doing it for much my son's car. He got hit by a car. It's a legacy car. The brain injury and suicide. So you know, the car's like a show winner. I should have bought a split window with all the money I put into it. But wow, it's, God bless. It's like a new car. You know, yep. it's like and I, this guy ripped me off. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, man. All yeah. my people. Well, the I reason hope... I went there was the guy's only a mile from my house. And yeah, I know you figure the... you're safe, but uh, it just uh, it happens. Yeah. Doug, Who's I got about part? four calls lined up. Um, just quick, who do I write? Who do I write to the state of Florida complaint? Uh, is there a, a sure. special section? Uh, the Better Business Bureau really is the best place. Best. Palm Beach County or State of Florida? Yeah. Uh, just yeah. the Better Better Business Bureau. They would probably yeah. be the best ones to try to help you out on that. And yeah. the other thing you can do is go on social media and just put the guy on blast. Let them all know what this guy did to you. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's where it's going to get around. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Advertisement is amazing. Yeah, everybody gets ripped off once in a while. Doug, have yourself a great weekend. All right, I'll let you guys go. Thanks for talking to me. And thank you. Uh, We're going to go to Greg in West Palm Beach. Thank you for holding, Greg. Good morning. You there, Greg? Hello, yes, I'm sorry. Hello. Uh, I know you got people waiting, so I'll try and speak quickly. Um, I was in a car accident. Uh, somebody rear-ended me, and Ooh. everything's okay. It wasn't my fault anyway. But um, the um, uh, what I I'm going to and the, uh, my insurance paper. So 
Uh, I'm going to get my, uh, it's a 2017 Camry, and um, the uh, uh, light for the seatbelt is staying on constantly blinking, even though I'm, I'm still using it and, and the car is drivable. Um, and also the airbag light is on permanently and won't turn off. Mm. Uh, so wherever I go, and I, I think I'd like to go to you guys, I've been listening to you for a long time and it's a fabulous show. Um, anyway, it, uh, what would I be, what does that indicate so that I don't go to somebody that just turns the lights off or something and doesn't do the work? Uh, first thing I'd be doing is hooking up my scan tool computer, uh, communicating with that airbag computer, and making sure that the center sensor, which is the computer itself, is operating properly. Um, in a collision like that, it's going to trigger codes, and it's going to put it into a, a safety mode. So we'd want to look and see what codes are in there, find out if it needs any repairs to be done, and if it's simply a matter of resetting and recalibrating the system, then we would go ahead and do that. Um, it would also be recalibrating what's known as the occupant detect system, which determines how much weight is on the right front seat as to whether a person is sitting there or not to, so that the system will know whether or not to activate those airbags. Um, odds are, you, if it's just simply a matter of resetting everything, You'd be looking at around probably four hundred to five hundred dollars to do all the scanning, recalibrate those systems, and reset it all. However, if you have to replace components, like if that center has center sensor has been damaged by the impact, which that can happen, you might be looking somewhere in the neighborhood of fifteen hundred. Um, I would definitely be talking to your insurance company on it. Whatever. Obviously, if it's the other person's fault, I'd be contacting your lawyer is the best way. I, w I would definitely get a lawyer and have well, your lawyer the contact go, them. Go about to the insurance company first, stuff. and when they tell you no, that's when you go to the lawyer. Yeah. 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 I, because it sounds to me like it's, a cle it's, it's clearly the insurance company. And they, oh, absolutely. They missed it. So uh, if, if, if you've got a good insurance company and they treat you right, they'll take care of it. If not, like Rick says, there are a lot of lawyers out there that love to deal with insurance companies that don't want to pay claims. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Kirk. Thanks okay, for calling. Bye -bye. Give us a call again. Uh, we're going to go to Bobby in West Palm Beach. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning, Bobby. Hi, good morning. Um, following up with, uh, with the guy with the Mustang, buyer beware. Mm -hmm. um, I, had a, I had a check engine light come on on a 2012 Lexus, and it turned out to be a solenoid in the transmission. And it seems like it's a, uh, it seems like it's a small job, although I'm not a mechanic. Um, but nobody would fix it. Everybody's solution was take the transmission out and replace it. Oh. Look, Look uh, dealers, independents, everybody said the same thing, that it, it was a, it's a, it's a $100 part, um, but they don't like to work on transmissions. So this, the, other, the other suggestion was if you don't change the transmission, just sell it. Which we did, um, <laughs> which we did to 
to a dealer, to a Lexus dealer, who, and, I, and I was certain that they could fix it, which they did, and put it, they put it on their used car lot. Hmm. It's for sale now. <laughs> and I know they didn't tra- change the transmission. They changed the part and turned the light off. But the light, <laughs> it, isn't that, um, <laughs> and so it's this sort of modular repair policy that just just replace everything and you'll fix the problem, which is true, but, you know, change the transmission, what is it, six, $8,000? Well, Greg, like here, here, here's a little, I'm going to give you an inside view of car dealerships, uh, being a car dealer myself. What happened there was you you were in the service department of the dealership, and they're the ones that said you had to replace the transmission because they make a hell of a lot more money doing that, and they don't want to fool around with just uh, nickels and dimes. So when you traded the car in, the used car mechanic looked at it. Now, there's an adversarial relationship between the used car department and the service department. Uh, believe it or not, the service department not only screws customers, they also screw the, uh, the you know the, 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 the dealers that I mean the, yeah. uh, the the service department, their own service department. So, so the used car mechanic, uh, they want to fix the car as cheap as possible and effectively as possible, so they can get it on the lot and sell it. So you got, <laughs> if you'd have taken that to the used car mechanic at the lot. And maybe said, uh, "Can you? Uh, I'll, where do you live? I'll drop right, this." Right, <laughs> exactly. Fix it on Saturday. <laughs> right. <laughs> so there you go. That, that's an inside view of a car dealership. The dirty truth. Um, but it, but it was, but it carried. I was surprised how it carried over to the independent, <clears throat> independent repair places. Well, yeah, well, I went to two. I went to two yeah. or three, and and they wouldn't touch it. Independent. So, well, yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, so, yeah. If, I, if, I did learn. I did learn that lifetime transmission fluid in in a in a car that Toyota advertises is indeed lifetime, but the the lifetime of the transmission doesn't. It's only to, for as long as the transmission lasts. That's yeah. how long the lifetime is. So in this case, it was a hundred thousand miles. Good point. Uh, Rick Rick's got one with one hundred and sixty thousand miles on it. <laughs> And they all have lifetime transmission. Yeah, lifetime. How I many, love. Rick? I love that term. Are they talking about the driver, the car, the part? Right. I mean, exactly. <laughs> I don't know who they're talking about. I, I every time I see lifetime guarantee, I turn around and run. Well, I'll, I'll give you another inside look at what mechanics see when they see a hundred thousand mile transmission with one bad solenoid. What a lot of a lot of mechanics see is. They tell the service rider, hey, yeah, let's put this solenoid in. It's a lot of work because I got to pull the pan down. I got to pull the valve body down, take out the old solenoid. Hopefully, of the eight solenoids or more that might be in there, I can identify which one is right by the way the book shows, which they translated the book from Japanese into English and didn't do a very good job of that. Oh, boy. <laughs> and now, what if, if I pick the right one and get it in, and put it all back together, then get the fluid level set exactly correct, and it's a lot of work, and you go down the road, and the next week, another solenoid quits working, and suddenly there's they're right back in the shop. And the customer's screaming at you. And they're screaming at the mechanic and saying, you didn't do the job right, you screwed me over. 
Now the mechanic, what's he going to do? He's, he's got to put another solenoid in for free. He doesn't get paid for that time. Several hours later, and bear in mind, there could be four, five, six, seven, eight solenoids or more in some of these transmissions. Or worst case scenario, he gets all done and they come back screaming and yelling. And they say, I want a new tree. I want that transmission you were going to sell me. Now you put it in for free because you killed my other one. Welcome to our world, Greg. Yeah, this, yeah, this is a tough business. It gets inside. Yeah, 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 it is. It is a tough business. Uh, I, I get it. But, I mean, part of that is the, the, the transmission. But it's hard to find somebody that will work on a transmission. Oh, yeah. They, they just say, I'm not going to work on it for yeah. those reasons that Rick's talking about. Yeah, your uh, point. Yeah, We're not going to work on it. Either put a new one in or sell it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, put, or put a piece of tape over the light. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Um, okay. right. we got to go, Greg. Thank you very yeah, much. Thanks. Bobby, right. give us a call again. That was an sure. interesting uh, phone call. And uh, we are going to take and uh, thank Frank uh, in Jupiter Farms for holding on as long as he did. Good morning. Are you still with us, Frank? Yes, of course. Ah. You probably I'm had two, maybe two cups of coffee by now. Just Actually, holding. I ate, I ate, I ate uh, some chicken from Costco and some um, zucchini squash and drank some sparkling clear water. So, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm all set now. I'm ready to go. Oh, boy. Um, Got all kind of energy. Okay, let loose. Yeah, maybe you saw that pretty you You're going to have to talk fast. <laughs> okay, I'll talk quick. Anyway, um, the wife had um, a little light come on her dashboard today when she went to start her Audi. SQ5, and it says, E5 battery low. So this is for Rick. How long does that battery, once it says low, will that keep her from getting back in the car later today if the battery goes dead? Uh, potentially. But most of those key fobs, if you look at it, there's a little switch somewhere on it, that, like a button you'll press or a slider, and it will literally okay. remove a little mechanical key. And there should be a slot there where you can unlock the door manually. Then when you get in the car, hold the key fob right up against the power switch, step on the brake and press the button, and it will start the car. Uh, and you can stop in at like uh, pretty much any place that does watch batteries or any auto parts store, uh, Batteries Plus. Amazon. Well, yeah, Amazon if you want to do it yourself, <laughs> yep. Uh, or the Audi dealership if you want to pay uh, some exorbitant amount. But just about any uh, auto parts store, you will get, walk in there, say, hey, I need a new battery for this. The guy's going to pop that thing open, figure out which battery it is. It's one of those watch batteries. And he'll yeah. slap a new battery in it. It'll cost you about 8 or $10, and you're back on the road. Okay. Well, wow. we might do that then. And she's just up the street at Juno Beach, so. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, amazing. This is, uh, it's free. It's free advice. It's just amazing. Folks, yeah, no, for anybody that fun. feels that, that we're really giving you a good value, pay it forward. Donations to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. There Thank you go. Oh, yeah. You, you might have seen I sent you guys a little cartoon about the um, dog library today. Yes. <laughs> Frank, take a stick, leave a stick. Thank you we'll so much. Later. Give us a call again. Yeah, take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, uh, you, you know, I forgot to mention uh, our little dog this week. She's so cute. Her name is Nova. 
and she'll be coming up. Uh, she'll, she'll we'll have a we'll have a video uh, to show everyone. And uh, Nova is about 48 pounds. She's a female, and she's a mixed breed, and uh, she's very energetic, kind of like me. Uh, but uh, that's what's coming up in in a short time. It is 9:24 right now. I think about 9:30 right now. We are going to go to uh, Rick, which he probably has a lot to share with us, with text, YouTube. Well, we are going to start right off with Anne Marie. Oh, she's got a long one here. Okay. Good morning. Oh, wait, let me just make sure this is last week's. That's odd, okay. I know he's dead. Hmm. We're going to read it anyways. I, this seems like last week's. Remind me if this is. Uh, she says, good morning. I have a problem that I hope you can demystify before me. I have a 2013 Camry XLE. The car has developed a random intermittent chirp over the last week all on its own. It took me a week to find out the chirp was coming from the radio. Two days ago, I noticed that the preset radio stations on two of my FM radio screens had changed without any input from me. I personally have not changed the presets in years. Originally, I put in station 95.9 once on one screen and station 106.9 once on another screen. I like to listen to the True Oldies radio, so I put in two stations to extend the listening range. Now I have one station showing and playing in two spots in one screen and the other station showing and playing in three spots on the other screen. Apparently the radio chirps when it's changing stations and presets on me. Do you have any idea why my radio is changing my preset stations without any input from me? Is it losing its memory or is it possessed? I was going to say an evil spirit. I'm thinking that may be it. I've never had any of this problem with any of my previous cars with screenless analog radios. Any idea to, as to what's going on with my camera's radio slash screen? Signed, Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. Look <laughs> P.S. If the problem is with the screen on my 10-plus-year-old car, what problems will arise in the future for the new cars that are even more screen-dependent? Oh, boy. You We're not even going that down that rabbit hole yeah. because that one is uh, that one is infinitely deep. Okay, best thing I can suggest, Anne Marie, disconnect the battery. Wait a minute, plug it back on, and then reset your radio stations back to where they originally were. That should straighten everything out. Reboot. Nice and simple. It, it's just a, it's a simple option, but like they say, keep it simple. You know, if I were if I if I were gonna buy a dog I'd name him Reboot. <laughs> How many times a day do we reboot? I'm talking about Earl and I. Uh, it's just amazing. I'm the official all, rebooter in the all our electronic cell phones, your your computer, I mean, your in, car. We have so much technology in our house, it's in, yep. it's incredible. And it, think how wonderful it is that it all really works now, who, together. Who remembers? Who remembers when computers, PCs first came around? When laptops were a rarity, and you look way back, and people were making fun of computers, and uh, and then they were saying that uh, because right away you knew you had to turn it off and turn it back on again. They say, what if 
What if uh, you had to do that with your car? General Motors is going to say, if you have a problem, just turn your car off and turn it back on. Well, guess what? That's what we're saying now. Because our cars are computers, so reboot. Welcome to the future. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. From Gary in Lake Park, he says, I understand that back when they replaced the airbag with the big recall that was going on, they were replacing them basically with the same brand of airbag, yeah. just a new one. Am Takata. I right? Takata, yeah. Not necessarily an improved one. Yeah, in fact, sometimes you didn't know it was a Takata because Takata went, went out of business and another company picked it up and there's still Takata airbags. They just don't call them Takata anymore. And that is very correct. Um, there were actually two different versions of that recall that were done. One was they replaced the Takata airbag with a new inflator that had a proper desiccant in it so that the airbag inflator would last much longer. The problem that they were having was those Takata inflators did not have a desiccant, so the moisture in South Florida and the other humid states down in the South and in the Caribbean would cause the inflator material, the explosive, to decay and it would not burn properly, it would explode instead of burning like it was supposed to. So when they came out with the fix, that one was to redesign it and make it to where it would work like it's supposed to. The other one was replace it with a new one that basically reset the clock and gave you another 10 years lifespan on that inflator. What they were hoping is that by the end of that time, those cars would now have gone into the junkyard being just worn out for other reasons. So that's where they went with that. So you'll need to check your car constantly to see if it's been re-updated yeah. and see if the car got out. Great, exactly great, great advice. Uh, you know what, guys? We have got to get to the uh, Big Dog Ranch uh, segment of this show. Uh, and we have a video uh, that you can watch. And uh, as I said earlier, uh, Nova is our young lady, and uh, she's 48 pounds, and uh, she is uh, high energy, and uh, she's uh, very experienced, and uh, she's good on the leash, and she's good with other, other dogs, and she loves to cuddle. So we are going to bring you a video, so stay tuned here, and we'll take a look at this video. Here we go. Hi, I'm Natalie with Big Dog Ranch Rescue, and today I have Nova. Nova is an adorable two-year-old mixed breed, and Nova's got an incredible story. We rescued Nova from Hurricane Idalia. She was pregnant. Um, she had three of her puppies here that have all been adopted, and Nova is now looking for her forever home. She is uh, very high energy, um, but she's very well trained, uh, so she would make a great family dog, someone that has preferably a, a fenced-in yard or you could spend time walking Nova. Um, she knows her commands pretty well. Uh, she's housebroken. Uh, thing with Nova, though, we should mention, she is not a fan of cats or a lot of birds, but there's birds here, so she is, a, you know, a, a fairly well-behaved dog. She's a love here at the ranch. We really um, have been a champion of her story and just her rescue from a hurricane and helping her find a forever home since she doesn't have her pups anymore. So we hope that you will come here and meet Nova. There you go, folks. How'd you like that? Isn't she cute? In case that you're new to the show, we are 
big, big supporters of Big Dog Ranch Rescue, and they are the largest no-kill shelter in the United States. They take in hundreds, thousands of dogs, and they keep them until they find a loving home. So uh, if you're thinking about a dog, uh, Big Dog Ranch Rescue in Loxahatchee, Florida, that's just west of uh, Palm Beach County area. It's in Palm Beach County. It's a little bit west, and they have a huge selection. And you can go to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. That's www.bdrr, as in Big Dog Ranch Rescue, dot org. Dot org. That you can see all the dogs we've got out there, and you can take, you can foster a dog, or you can adopt a dog, uh, and this is the dog of the week, and that's Nova. Yeah. The perfect example of what Big Dog Ranch Rescue does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what a great organization. Uh, in case you didn't know it, it is the only no-kill shelter in the United States. So that's really making a statement. And uh, as Earl said, you, you can go to the uh, website. You can take a look at all the dogs, and uh, you can take a look to see what's been adopted and what's available uh, right now. So uh, in, enjoy that, and if you, most of all, if you get a chance, go ahead out there. It is an amazing facility. You'll be blown away. It's, it's, worth, it's worth a drive. If you're within an hour, uh, I'm on, I won't, I'll say West Palm Beach because you're going to have to go west on Okeechobee Boulevard to get to Loxahatchee. But if you're within an hour or two, it is worth, it's like going to Lion Country Safari or Disney World. Uh, they have a huge campus. I say campus because they are. They have a puppy town. They have a, a villages, a little houses for puppies. They have maternity row with the puppy town. So, uh, the pregnant dogs that Big Dog Ranch Rescue come in, they go into the maternity row. They give birth to their puppies, and then the puppies move to puppy town. Uh, they have a lake. Uh, they have running areas. Uh, they have veterinarians. They have, uh, uh, when dogs come in to Big Dog Ranch Rescue, they're quarantined to be sure they're okay. They're, they're dewormed. They are uh, completely, uh, it's like a reconditioning for the dogs. You, when you get into Big Dog Ranch Rescue, you've got yourself a brand new doggie. And, and, and you know anything what else? you want, they've got. We got pedigrees, we got mixed breeds, we got hundreds and hundreds of dogs. So, if you're thinking about a dog, don't think of anything else. Go to bdrr.org and pick out a dog. And what we forgot to mention was uh, Earl Stewart on cars. We're right here. Guess what we do? We pick up the registration fees. It can be pretty expensive uh, to adopt a dog, and uh, they have some so something for everyone as far as financial availability. Uh, so don't forget the registration fees are paid, and that'll save you two hundred dollars. And uh, that's for the dog of the week. Thanks, Jonathan. And uh, I, I can't uh, not mention confessions of a recovering car dealer. Uh, do you know why? When you purchase that book, 100% of that purchase goes right to Big Dog Ranch. Can you believe that? Amazon.com. No, nobody can. I don't think there's anyone who can say that today. They talk about donations and 50% uh, here will go there. One 
100% of the purchase of this book goes to a big dog ranch. Uh, we, what did, I didn't hear what you said while I was... Well, I, I just said that uh, Amazon is the best place ah, to get Amazon. it. Amazon. And uh, it's available in bookstores, but yeah. I can't, you can't find bookstores anymore, so you buy your books on Amazon. Yeah, and, uh, we buy everything on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you'll be glad that you did. That book has so much information. It was written um, well, a while ago. And uh, like I said, there's so much information in that book. That goes on the bookshelf. And you can just take that down, take a look at it, and you'll be glad that you did. Okay, um, I believe that we... Before we go to the mystery shopping report, okay. let, me, let me talk about something that is important. Uh, regular listeners, and maybe everybody by now knows, that the Federal Trade Commission is a hell-bent for leather to get car dealers honest. And believe me, that is one huge challenge. Mm. And you may have heard of the combat auto retail scams, C-E-C-A-R-S, CARS. That's a Federal Trade Commission regulation that was due to go into effect on July 30th of this year. Uh, it, it was on, put on hold by the court in Texas because the National Automobile Dealers Association as you would guess, and the Texas Automobile Dealers Association petitioned the court not to put that regulation into effect. Now, I've been a very strong advocate of this combat auto repairs, auto, auto retail scams uh, ever since it was first announced by the Federal Trade Commission, and I applaud them. And I've been in weekly communication with the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, just this past week, I spoke with uh, Federal Trade Commission attorney Dan Dwyer. And uh, he, he asked, we discussed, that we, we appeal to the honest dealers of the United States. Now, uh, that's not tongue-in-cheek. There are some honest dealers out there. The problem is that... Honest dealers are forced sometimes to copy the competition. If you're in a market and you're trying to sell a new car or a used car and your competition can get away with breaking the law and bait-and-switch advertising, if you try to advertise an honest price, they will eat your lunch. So survival is a very basic, strong instinct. A lot of honest car dealers out there to survive are having to imitate the uh, terrible tactics of advertising to stay competitive with their competition. I'm not condoning it. I don't do it in my dealership, but I have the empathy for those that do do it. And so uh, the Federal Trade Commission asked me to appeal. I'm, this is an appeal now to honest dealers. Uh, I am submitting an amicus uh, for you lawyers out there, you know, an amicus is, is also called a friend of the court petition. Uh, I am taking the side of the Federal Trade Commission in an amicus. I'm drawing up, I have, I'm having an uh, appeals attorney draw up an amicus brief, submitting it to the Texas court. 
I'd like other honest dealers in the United States to consider doing the same thing. You can call the show. You can email me, text me any way you want to. Uh, call the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, they can clue you in, hook you up with an attorney. They can help you do this. But we need to let the court in Texas know uh, that the regulation combating auto retail scams should be put into effect on July 30th. And if you're an honest dealer, say, look, if you put those retail that car's regulation in effect and enforce it, I will abide by the law. The only reason I'm not abiding by the law now is because the other dealers are taking advantage of me and put me out of business. If I tell the truth about my pricing, I go out of business. That's what they think. That's what they feel. And if you're one of those dealers, please, please contact the Federal Trade Commission or me, and I'll give you all that information. Yeah, in competitive markets, they really depend on fair and transparent pricing. Uh, so uh, we're going to get to the Mystery Shopping Report. That Mystery Shopping Report is from uh, Wallace Nissan, uh, and uh, you can vote on the Mystery Shopping Report, and you can do that at our text number at 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. Mystery Shop of Wallace and Wallace Nissan. Now back to the recovering car dealer. And of course, I don't need to tell you YouTubers at youtube.com forward slash rolling cars. We have a huge number of votes that come in there too. And we grade on the curve, A through F. There are no perfect dealers and I won't say there are no terrible dealers. There are a few. <laughs> there are a few, and uh, we're we're thinking about a new category: recommended dealers, not recommended dealers, and dealers from hell. And we might have the third category to, to take the really, really bad ones. Okay, I'm going to read this mystery shopping report of Wallace Nissan in Stewart, Florida. No relation. That's about uh, 40 miles north of the studio here, Stewart, Florida. Wallace Nissan. Speaking of the first person as if I were our ace, uh, Mr. Chopper, Agent Lightning. As I stepped into the dealership, I was greeted by an enthusiastic customer service lady who seemed thrilled to see me. She approached and asked, for, asked my name, writing it down on a piece of paper while giving me a warm welcome. After getting my details, she introduced me to a salesman named Mike. He wasted no time in asking about my visit. And what brought me in that day, I explained that I was in the market for a new Nissan Rogue and was interested in both the 2023 and 2024 models. Most of the dealers now seem to have a little bit of both, which uh, is interesting. Mike confirmed they had both models of stocks, suggested we head over to the side lot to compare them. As we walked, he mentioned the possibility of getting a better deal on the 2023 model, which you sure should get a better deal. It's a year old. Call it a used car, uh, which I thought was a great idea. He led me to a 2023 Nissan Rogue SV with an MSRP of $32,185. Next to the official window sticker was another sticker, and we know what those are, the infamous addendum. Infamous addendum. With an additional charge of 3000 $202 for a limited market availability. Now, how could a 2023, a year old car, have limited market availability? I thought they tried to get rid of those old cars, 
but now they got an addendum on there for limited market availability. You can't make this stuff up, folks. Well, there's only a few of them left over. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> They're limited. Right. And next year, there'll be even fewer. Uh, there'll be a really big addendum next year. Yeah. This raised the asking price to $35,387. We went on a test drive. And when we returned, Mike asked for my thoughts. I said, I liked it. Wanted to see some pricing figures. After jotting down more of my information, Mike returned with a sheet showing the figures. However, I noticed a discrepancy. The printed retail price was 37184 and this was higher than the price on the car, even after the additional charge for limited availability. What's going on here? I showed this error to Mike. He said they made a mistake. Well, that's refreshing. Hey, I made a mistake. And I pointed out a window sticker from another car, and... Uh, and, and he did point out a, a window sticker for another car that had the $3,202 limited availability charge plus another $1,797 for the Wallace Appearance and Protection Package. Okay. Okay. Uh, how do you make uh, uh, these names? Wallace Appearance and Protection. Uh, this includes custom pinstripe. We uh, Goldie Oldies here. Paint protection, another Goldie Oldie. Auto Butler, they call it, the paint protector, wheel locks, and of course, you all know this one, nitrogen. Nitrogen, folks, how do they get away with it? Nitrogen fill. He noted that the Rogue, I was interested, did not have that package and went to retrieve a corrected pricing sheet. He returned with a new piece of paper. This new proposal had a top-line price of $35,387 with a $3,000 $202 discount, bringing the sale price to 32185 To this, they added $690.50 in government fees. Uh, government fees are okay. But $849 for processing and dock fees. That's not all right. That's a junk fee. And then $2,032.43 in total taxes. And that's just a combination of everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And the total out-the-door price was $35,763.93. He asked me what I thought. I said, I wanted to be out the door at MSRP. Out the door at MSRP. He said, where'd you get that number from? So I pulled, I pulled up the online pricing from my phone and said, here, and showed it. So a website. On their website, this rogue showed the MSRP of 32185 minus a Wallace of Stewart discount for over $1,700. Mike was dismissive and said, well, you're not going to think I'm making this up. I'm not. Uh, I, my, here's what Mike said to, to dismiss the fact that the advertisement said you know, a $1,700 discount. Mike was dismissive. He said, he said, no one gets that discount because they had to qualify for all sorts of rebates. I mean... Mike just confessed to false advertising. He just confessed to breaking the law. Uh, he asked if I would buy right now without asking my husband if he could do the deal for MSRP out the door. I asked him if he was crazy. <laughs> I would never do such a thing without asking my husband, and I hope my husband wouldn't do the same thing without asking me. A sales manager named Dane appeared, and uh, after a brief discussion, agreed to MSRP out the door, but that's a drop. 
So now he goes all the way from the thousands of dollars over sticker all the way down to MSRP out the door, which by that definition includes tax and tag. While the verbal agreement was nice, I, I insisted on having it in writing before proceeding further. He relented and wrote 32185 out the door and signed my printout. So Agent Lightning got a, played some hardball there. She went a little bit, she got tough and, and insisted. In previous shops, she is not doing that, but by playing hardball, she drove the price down to her asking price. Rick? He made one other little goof up there, too. Where he scratched out that price and put the 32185, he wrote Nissan Altima. No. I noticed that. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. <clears throat> anyway, sloppy. It's sloppy. We, uh, yeah. we, uh, we, we grade, and you've probably already uh, given your grade, but the grade is based on uh, not results, not, uh, not a shrewd negotiator or hard negotiator. It's, it's the intent and the deception. That, that you need to, to grade on and and you go from A as I say to F and uh, let's count the votes see where we are give him a second let him start coming in here okay I've got uh, Brian Sedletko F for false advertisement uh, T cash F for forgetting to remove the addendum sticker from two years ago <laughs> See here we have Johnny Z. Fraidley. I can only imagine what the market adjustment would be for a 2024. Too many games. D minus. Andrew Plasinski, C. Mark Anderson, grade C. If a customer had the time, could probably get for under MSRP. Tim Gilliland, if you make an appearance at Wallace, you will need protection. D. Mark Smith, grade C. Mark Ryan, D+, plus. Tom Stokel, D, false advertising, and they'll push addendums on unsuspecting customers. Uh, let's see, Joseph Kelleher came in with an F. And let me see what we've got coming up here on the text messages. We've got Jonathan in Palm Beach, or Palm Coast. If you break the law, you get an automatic F for me. Enough said. Bob says D for Wallace Nissan. And looks like no more coming in right now. So I will go ahead and say for myself, um, D minus. They're, they're, they're just playing the typical games. Yeah, but you got to watch them at every turn. Yeah, I've got mixed emotions, mainly because I know Bill Wallace, and I know. Uh, here's what happens. Uh, Bill Wallace has a lot of dealerships. And I know it's not an excuse because the buck stops here and you have to be responsible. But I know Bill Wallace. He's a good person. But he's got too many dealerships and he's not enforcing the rules and regulations. And uh, this uh, really kind of surprised me. And Nancy and I were talking about that uh, when we drove into the studio this morning. We were we were a little bit disappointed in, in uh, Bill Wallace's uh, dealership there, but he's got too many. What's your What's your thoughts, Nancy? Uh, your uh, vote is what What was your vote? Uh, I I was going to go with a C. I'm I'm going to go I'm uh, I'm going to go with a D. I think I think uh, Bill Wallace would be ashamed of this behavior 
in the dealership, but I think uh, hopefully he's paying attention, and uh, I hope he hears about this, and he will move to uh, make some corrections at okay. uh, Nissan, okay. at Wallace Nissan. Okay, yeah. and you know something? Um, uh, this didn't go sideways because uh, Agent Lightning, you know, is uh, not only strong and confident, and um, she's a, a seasoned uh, person as far as this is concerned, and uh, it, this definitely would have gone sideways uh, for someone else that would have walked into uh, Wallace Nissan and Stewart. And it's really unfortunate, and that's all the more reason uh, that uh, you should really, your ears should perk up uh, when Earl talks about uh, cracking down on junk fees and all of these shenanigans, uh, because competitive markets depend on fair and transparent pricing, and we need this law to be passed. Uh, so. Uh, with, with all of that said, uh, not only that, take a look at Earl's column uh, that he wrote this week. It's insider car buying tips for the hardcore negotiator. Uh, this guy, Mike, uh, who was so dismissive, you know, with Agent Lightning and uh, this, this crap about, you know, go over your husband's head. Who does stuff like that? It's really crazy. Nitrogen fill, the whole... Um, gambit of shenanigans and I'm very reluctant uh, to give them my grade very reluctant because you know how I vote but at least because Agent Lightning was able to negotiate she got out of there with her teeth for that I give them a D okay okay uh, I think uh, that um, I have something if to you on. have time you need to get to uh, I, 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 want to, I want to talk about something that I didn't know about, and I just read about it this morning in the automotive news. And uh, shame on me for not knowing about this. I, I hesitate to talk about Toyota because we have a Toyota dealership, and I don't want to come across as being, in, you know, pushing any manufacturer. But I have to say this. Uh, Toyota, uh, here's a headline. It's called Sharing the Wealth. And I'm holding this up for the for the camera. Uh, Toyota is in the business for the long run. Uh, this is the way any business should look at the way they operate. Toyota did something I never knew a company to do, and they have announced that they are going to be paying their suppliers more money than the suppliers are asking them to pay for parts. Uh, they're paying a premium to the manufacturers that supply them with parts. <laughs> they want, they're doing that because they are gonna be calling on, their, on these suppliers for more creativity and more cooperation in the future. Here's a company that looks, so what's that gonna do? That's gonna really hurt their bottom line in 2024, 2025. They're taking uh, they're actually costing themselves money when uh, today, tomorrow, and the next day because they can expand and offer better products and make more money 20 years hence. This is why Toyota is the largest automotive manufacturer in the world because they have that long 
vision view. And why do they have the long vision view? Because they're a family operation and they go from grandson, they go from great-grandfather to grandfather to father to son, and a, gra a grandson is running a Toyota now. And they had that long run view. So I, I just, I know it sounds like a, a commercial for Toyota. I'm sorry, but I, I got to say it because I've been in the business a long time. I've had a lot of franchises, General Motors and Fiat and, and uh, you name it. I've had those car lines. I only have the Toyota now, but they are the greatest auto manufacturer on the face of the planet. Also, um, Earl, would you like to mention the anonymous feedback? Uh, that you got this morning? Yeah, anonymous uh, feedback. Uh, I, welcome, I, I welcome. I welcome. Do I have time to read that, Jonathan? I don't think. Yes. Do I have that? Yes. I'll, I'll try. It's pulled up on back, and uh, I, I, I'm so happy, even though I've been attacked. <laughs> I'm happy that a dealer, a car dealer, would communicate with me. So I'm asking all you car dealers out there. Here is a criticism from a car dealer on anonymousfeedback.com, youranonymousfeedback.com. What a lot of customers, I'm reading this now, what a lot of customers do not understand, there is full disclosure of dealers that hide fees in back of the deal. I-95 Nissan discloses all fees on their website, but the customers refuse to read or play dumb. This is not a dealer's fault. Also, if certified work has been completed to a vehicle which is tires, brakes, flu uh, fluid exchange, diagnostic, there is no charge for this. If we add it to the advertised price, it puts the car out of the market. That's why dealers show you fees instead of hiding fees in the back of the deal. Full disclosure. <laughs> also, Earl Stewart has an addendum on his vehicles for washing, cleaning, and getting ready the car ready. Also put... He also puts aftermarket on vehicles, as he used to do on science back in the day, and overcharge for accessories. I do remember the old tires for LifeScam when they put tires on your vehicle that lasted 10,000 miles. Dealers are not in business to give away cars. They just have bills to pay like everyone. I haven't got time to dispute that, but it's a bunch of crap. Uh, but I'm so happy that the dealer would have the nerve to do that. So I don't know who the dealer is. So all you dealers out there that want to attack and want to say things, youranonymousfeedback.com. I'll read them on the air, even when they attack me, even though when they're not true. So you dealers, please use youranonymousfeedback.com. Rick, real quick. I remember when Scion came out, <laughs> and the entire purpose behind Scion was that you were supposed to get a base car, yeah. And the customer was supposed to be allowed we to were customize the only, it. We are the only dealer that did having, not do that. So. Yeah, by having the dealer yeah. put all those things on we have got to time. make it their car. Yeah. Well, this dealer, that was the whole point of it. <laughs> there you go. This dealer needs to go out to uh, Nissan in Riviera Beach. That's where we did our mystery shop last week. And then when he has time, head on up to Stewart and take a look at Wallace Nissan and see what he would get. And don't go in as a dealer just go in as anonymous. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We enjoy your company immensely. And uh, another great show under our belts. And we'll be right back here next week. Same time, right here on the Oldies Channel.